I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, the word is out. We're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Tom and Joe know all there is to know from masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers Episode 654, Candyman, with no subtitle. No. I would have thought we'd have gotten a subtitle on this Well, one. I mean, they, I think 2 and 3 had subtitles, right, but we don't but, talk about 2 and but 3. But <laughs> we're back to Halloween, and then Halloween again. Sure, sure, sure. And then, you know what I mean? So I, did, I saw somewhere that it said, this second Halloween will be Halloween 2.0. Three, and then the next one will be three point two. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's hey man, it's a lot. Yeah, maybe yeah. that'll be a Patreon episode where I can explain the timelines oh, of the Halloween movies. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's go around the table, and everyone can introduce themselves. Literally, just a straight line at this yes. point. This is Joe, <laughs> and this is Tom. Kevin is out this week, and uh, but joining us via the magic of Zoom Tube from Cup of Soul and the Philadelphia Tribune. Congratulations! It's Kathy Woods. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, especially on short notice. Kevin had some family things. Everything's okay. We'll let him tell that story if yeah. he wants to. Yeah. But uh, um, but uh, but yeah. So before we dig into the movie proper, shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever you get a podcast, you can find us. And while you're there, be sure and uh, rate and review us. That's always helpful. Joe wow. says we have a new review. We do uh, five a five star review. So that's oh, always nice. No, those are, that means we'll read it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> if that's you really want to want to mess with our heads, be like five stars. This show sucks. <laughs> Which we, we do have a couple of those. We won't know what yeah, to do. Right. <laughs> uh, this is from Carol Jenkins. One, okay. uh, as it reads, fun, casual, and informative. The best movie podcast I've heard. Some podcasts are very informative but dry. Others are funny but superficial and have no idea what they're talking about. These guys know their stuff. Eh. (laughs) There are references to original sources, patterns and style of certain artists, callbacks to other movies. I love it. It has in-depth... It has... 
depth for movie fans, but it also like listening to three casual friends chat. I love to listen to see what who will I agree who I will agree with or disagree with. Great fun. The first podcast I actually subscribed to. Wow. Longtime listener, finally reviewing. So wow. thank you. Well, thank you. That's yeah. very nice. And uh, also, we have a Facebook page if you just can't get enough of us. Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, but don't forget our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content, and you help us out, and we like you extra. And the thing you can do, doesn't cost you a dime if you want to help us out, you can share an episode People who were kind enough to share an episode this week include Heather Sachs, David Rojas, uh, Ralph Tribble, Tammy Sherman Powers, Gabriel Lugo, Ken Holtzhauser, Control X, In Session Film, okay. uh, Ryan Terry from the Forza Crowd Podcast, Invasion of the Remake, Geek to Me Radio, The Movie Journey Podcast, Feel and Film, Ronnie Castle, Chris Wilson, Binge Movies, and Matt Naglia. So thank you very much. I want to say Heather Sachs posted something in the group that I thought was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she said that she has a f- a friend at her work who is uh, over fifty. Okay, suggests <laughs> she's so o- older. I and I can say that because I'm over fifty. Okay, well I'm fifty, but my birthday isn't today, so technically I'm over fifty. <laughs> That's how math works, right? That is and how so, math works. Yes, uh, time is linear, and yes. so it's a flat circle, right? <laughs> and so uh, she said she had a friend that went to see the movie Black Panther. Okay. Okay. Have you not seen this post? No. Oh my god, it was it's adorable. She had a friend that went to see the movie Black Panther and she came back and again, it's an older woman. Sure. And she's just like, So I went to see the movie Black Panther and I was really kind of thrown off because I thought it was like a documentary <laughs> about the Black Panthers. And then it it wasn't a it is kind of and so she's so she's like, But I already bought my ticket and had the time blocked out, so she's like, Well, I guess I'll I guess I'll stay <laughs> and watch this Black Panther movie because I'm already here. Sure. Right. So turns does she, out does she love it. She loved it. Yeah. And I guess she knew Heather liked this sort of stuff. So she was like, I have a million questions. <laughs> and so what a, what, it, a, what a weird place to jump into yeah, that. Well, it would leave you with a million questions. Yes, absolutely. And so, and so she was just like asking all these like Marvel Universe questions. And so now apparently she's a major Marvel That's superhero wonderful. fan and DC stuff too but she yeah. did not think she would dig those movies at all turns out she positively loves them so I would say this, I think the lesson here is if you don't think you would like a superhero movie you should go see it and if you love superhero movies maybe go watch a documentary about the Black oh, Panthers so yeah maybe, yes. it, maybe it works both ways maybe <laughs> maybe you never know yeah it's uh yeah that's great yeah because Black Panther was amazing yeah so uh, anyway, there's all that. Let's let's dig into the movie. I I should start by saying, <laughs> I've never seen a Candyman. Did movie. you see? Have, did you watch the first one? No. Going into this one, no. Well, that is okay. Yeah. Yes. So, Kathy, did you see the? Have you ever seen the first one? Um. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it like that because I am not. I should give full disclosure. I am not a person that thoroughly enjoys things where. A lot of people get killed sure, in a sure. way. Uh, so it's definitely one of those things where I sat in college, but it was like, you know, with my hands like over my eyes. <laughs> absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, also, I'm not a fan of bees. So, oh, well. it was, <laughs> so it had a lot of things going on. You're checking a lot of boxes. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is not this is, that first one may not be for you. <laughs> Not your, not your, not your jam. No, but I get it though. I get people that I am not one of those people just because something 
is not something I love. I get why it's a cult classic. I get why people love it and all that other stuff. I do. Okay. So just to give the recap for those that don't, it, it's interesting. I, just, I heard a, on top, people talking on a podcast earlier this week that like horror fans are a different breed of moviegoer, right? So you've kind of got your cinephiles who will see like the independent stuff. You've got your casual fan. Horror fans are like, hey, did you see that new movie streaming on Shudder? I did. I loved it. Did you see this yeah. new, you know, like anything that is horror. Did you uh, see this new horror movie? A guy selling on Betamax out of the trunk of his car. I 15th bought it. And Pine? He's like, that was me. Yeah. Uh, so like horror fans do kind of have, uh, they're just a different, type of moviegoer right like they will see anything and everything they can get their hands on i think also it's it's the genre that's probably the least expensive to make well maybe comedy well it depends on i guess the type of comedy but yeah but you but know, yes you're not wrong but uh but comedy is also can be broad there's all different types of comedies yes right it's almost like saying dramas you know, where horror is more of like a an actual genre. Sure, you know what I mean they have Comedy's genres more of a inside of genres. classification. Yes, and so it's also like you get a lot of like really low budget horror because you can do low budget horror in a way that you know you can't do low budget sci fi. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so, Candy, the original Candyman by uh, Bernard Rose came out in 1992. Uh, starring Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd as the two lead characters. That movie, uh, let, me, let me get this out of the way. I think this this sequel, I was going to call it a remake, but I guess it's not a remake. Yeah, it's not. Uh, does not hit the mark for me in the horror world. Mm-hmm. Where, is it Naya? Naya DaCosta? Naya DaCosta? Is that how you say it? Naya DaCosta. Nia, Nia, thank okay. you. Where she excels is the character stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the most interesting part of this movie where the horror aspect just seemed kind of like when they get to the kills in this movie, they'd make no sense. Yeah. Like in the first movie, uh, Virginia Madsen is a, she's studying cultural um, urban legends, stumbles upon Candyman, gets super involved. And then it becomes a like the movie itself is like, is she crazy or is that this thing right. that is, taking over her body so like that they never really give you they give you an answer sort of but where the kills in that one are people who were uh against virginia mads the virginia madsen's character like who they were like part of her life and they made sense where the kills in this like make zero sense they're more arbitrary very much like the girls in the bathroom yeah that was the like that was one of the most arbitrary ones out of all of it uh so yeah i think this is i think the remake is good and i think the performances are good you've got uh the dude that was in watchmen Mm -hmm. and black manta you've got the gal who was in uh wandavision who played like the monica rambo okay in wandavision she's the, the girlfriend in this so it's just i don't know like as good as that first one is, yeah, this one is a direct sequel to that. So it's kind of important to see the first one before. You know, having not seen it, it still worked for me. I like I like the movie, but okay. I'm not a big horror movie guy, so I'm not sitting there, you know, bemoaning the 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 lack of horror aspect to the movie. Yeah, I I like it when there's a, a story behind the horror rather than just like we're all in a house <laughs> and there's something going to kill we're, us. You we're know, going to a campsite. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I kind of I kind of 
I, I liked it. Like it wasn't amazing to me. It was a good yeah. looking movie. It was a very good looking movie. Uh, but uh, but Kathy, what was your take on it? I mean, I think um, you have different thoughts because you have a different point of view. Yeah. Sure. Right. Not to be that for girl, but this one is unapologetically black. She's telling it from a black absolutely woman without question. Yeah. And whereas the other one is, um, it's it's. It's almost like a, a, a white person went into a black space, but really didn't notice they were in a black space and said, oh, um, because the point of origin of the story is, you know, he was a former slave and stuff was done to him. But in the movie, all the people that suffer are black people. So it's like, what? Okay. Oh, I see what yeah. you're saying. No, I, it was not lost on me that, I mean, I think every present day kill in this movie was a white person. Yes. And and I was yeah. like, and I liked that pivot. Like, I, I, I don't say that to complain. Don't let my age <laughs> fool you. <laughs> you're like, oh, 50 year old white guy with a good no, team. We're, we're the same. We're the, I'm actually a year older than you. So we're good. We're yeah. in the same. We're in the same checkbox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just so, don't. Want... <laughs> so now I feel you on that. So to me, this felt more like. Candyman was coming back to take revenge on the people making money off of his suffering. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that part didn't make sense to me because it didn't make sense to me in the other one. I'm like, well, wait a minute. He's the victim, but you're glamorizing the other person. You know what I mean? Whereas in this one, it's like, hey, I'm coming to get the people that are making money off of my suffering. Yes. You are absolutely Uh, right. I think what she did, and again, I get it for horror people who wanted more gore, but what I think what she did is is smart because she made a movie that is palatable for people who aren't horror fans. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm not so bigger, sure. I... Which is which is a bigger audience, right? Yeah. I was. I went into this thinking like. I watched it in the daytime, number one. Number two, I wasn't saying that five times. That's not in my house. And uh, I was like, I was very surprised at how engaged I was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't, like, don't get me wrong, I was fretting there and there were moments where, you know, like when Coleman Domingo pops up, I'm like, sir, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to announce yourself, right? But I felt like, she you reach a bigger audience with this right sure it's almost like this movie for lack of a better word and it's doing well at the box office considering it's the pandemic and all that right right? it's going to have a really nice weekend um it's almost like set up to have a part two oh yes i feel like um you you're sitting there and what drives it for me is Yaya's performance. Like you're you're seeing this guy go from struggling artist and now he's going down this road of, you know, wanting to know more about Candyman. It's kind of given him a lease on life, but you know, he just morphs into this other thing, you know what I mean? Uh I liked uh I liked him a lot. I I said this, I might have tweeted it. I said, shout out to the hair and makeup department. Because him transforming, like his skin changing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like yeah. I'm watching it and I started itching. You know what I mean? <laughs> I felt like I got bit by something. And that's how I love how she shot this. You know what I mean? If you saw her first from Little Woods, you're not surprised. 
uh, I love how she shot this in the textures. Like you could tell that, you know, he was going down a road. It was not going to end up well. There's a scene. I don't want to give it away, but no, you give know, it away. you're fine. That's where, what we do. That's here. what we do. <laughs> where Candyman comes out the wall and I'm like, eh, you know what I mean? It's the possibility. I think for me, sometimes it's scarier that this can now go all the way south. Like him standing there talking to the kid. I'm like, yeah. this is very uncomfortable. Yeah, you mean when yeah. when Candyman came out of the wall? Yeah, exactly. Right. And and I'm like, it's another reason why I don't do laundry in the basement. But <laughs> you know, it's all of those things that I think she did to um differentiate her from from the original. Do you, you know are, what I mean? This is a so yes. I think those were those were smart choices. Um I also liked how she did use commentary. I hate when people use woke because now the word has been um, hijacked and it's morphed into something silly. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not from Chicago. So I just want to put that out there. But Cabrini Green, for those people that don't know, which is the projects that they yeah, use. That's a real thing. The actual Cabrini Green is a real housing project in Chicago that, you know, not a fun place. But they closed it down in the late 2000s. And like a lot of things, they're redeveloping the neighborhood. So I thought that was like a subtle commentary. It's not in your face. Okay, wait a minute. You had this neighborhood that was considered treacherous, dangerous, volatile, which it was all those things. And now you want to build half a million dollar condos here. Right. And now yeah. it's like this, this shiny new toy. Yeah. So I yeah. thought the way that she did it. What, that's how she tied it in, but you know, just the the how can I say this a hypocrisy of things, you know. I mean, well, that's I think I think even the, our main character's brother, yeah, yeah. Makes, that makes that comment a- accuses the the sister of like, yeah. well, you're here, right? Yeah, in in the in the beautiful looking out like it, your yeah. your yeah. windows look out to Cabrini Green, and I will say in the original one, Virginia Madsen, uh, the Helen Lyle character that they reference in this movie. Uh, does go to like it's in the 90s and Cabrini Green was still operational. Yeah. So the story that they're telling is all yeah right I, from so that movie. When I went back and I, so when the movie was over, I read the plot synopsis yes. for the original Candyman. Yeah. And I really liked how they incorporated the first movie. As it's really smart. Now it's become its own urban legend. Yes. And, and the facts have gotten twisted over time. And and she and she's become the the villain. Yes. When you know when when she was trying to she's not and like in the in the original one you're like you know that you know tony todd is in that and he is the candy man in that and he is gives a crazy good performance in that movie yeah and you you as the viewer know that he's there but obviously when virginia madsen is by you know you so you see a video of her talking to him and she looks crazy yeah right because he's not nobody else can see him um so I, i i dug how in this one, like you said, like she becomes in the end of that movie is she saves that like the when we get the final reveal of who uh, Yaya is, then they get the real story. And it's I, I love the way that they turned her into her own urban legend. Yeah, because at the end of spoilers for Candyman from 1992, uh, Virginia Madsen becomes the Candyman. Yeah, like that's how that movie ends is she ends up dying in the in the fire. And she comes back as the new Candyman. 
that they don't do anything with <laughs> when they when they do the next two Candyman movies. They're like, uh, we can't afford Virginia Madsen, so we're just gonna go back to Tony Todd. Well, I think also people like once you've kind of established something, people don't want to see a different Freddy Krueger. They well, they thought they did, and then they got one, and they're like, never mind. Well, because we like it was it. not a good movie. He was a good Freddy Krueger. I agree, but but still, like people, you know, they 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 want the monster to look like the monster that they know right and and so i think that's a stumbling block i think so too i know the movie like took some heat when it came out in terms of like first one or this one the first one yeah because the because the bad guy was black Mm -hmm. and i know that like the i think it was tony todd who was like but like as an actor I, I'd like to be Freddy Krueger or Michael yeah, Myers. Like, yeah. You know, he's like, he, get, so, he got to be Ben. He got to be yeah. Ben from night when they remade night of the living dead. Yeah. By Tom Savini. He's Ben. Okay. He's the main yeah. character. Yeah, which was his goal though. He said that when he saw the original, he was like, he knew that there was a possibility for black actors to be in horror because he saw that he saw himself. So therefore he was like, Hey, um, I saw space for me. I saw right, space sure. for us. And I, I'm a firm believer, like, let minorities play with everything, right? Let yeah. them play black people. As long as the character makes sense, right? And if you're just sitting in the kitchen and everybody's eating and all of a sudden the black guy gets up and starts killing people and you're like, where is this coming from? Right. That is crazy, right? But if you have, like, some context, whatever, you develop the character, you flush it out, then that's good. And I think, you know, again... Tony, you know, I think that that character, Candyman, urban legend, I mean, like I said, is, you know, it is something, it's like the boogeyman you grew up with. You're not looking in the mirror saying that anybody I know doesn't. Nope. Excuse me. So, so why risk it? (laughs) So it's like, that is a good thing. You know what I mean? And it's not, it wasn't done just to throw in a black guy in there. It actually made sense. You know what I mean? And on top of that, he has the voice. Oh man! He has the figure. Yep. He has the mannerism. The presence. He comes, he's frightening, and he's not frightening by ah screaming. <laughs> you know, it's that tone where he's like, and you're just like, oh god. He's kind. He, there are yeah. moments where it reminds me a lot of like Bella Lugosi's Dracula, which I know today in 2021 isn't as terrifying right. as you know he was back then, but that slow delivery. Yeah. That that presence where you just it's all he's always around you know so and that's kind of where i think this one missed the mark is like i didn't get that from this version of the candy man where he, he just became like this create this thing that was for not well done jump scares yeah right um where in tony todd in the original one there were no jump scares really but he just had this presence and you know you'd see him in the back of a screen, or you'd see him like in these different pieces. I, I liked was, how how there were some moments in here that were really good. Yeah, really I liked how thing. you would see him a lot. Maybe not even necessarily that would turn into a straight up horror scene, but you you would see him in the background. Yeah, uh, you know, popping up, and it was and it and it was subtle. Like a lot of times, I'd notice him like right as the scene was ending. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, oh, dang, there he yeah, is. And, yeah, and I I like that aspect. And going back to the the conversation about. Having a, a a black guy be your 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 driving bad guy in yeah. a movie like this, I think that also goes back to when we talked about in the the We Care a Lot episode uh-huh. um, uh, about the the importance of representation, right? Like when when you only when when you don't see 
lots of black people in movies and then one pops up and he's and it's always the bad sure, guy sure, that sure, feels sure. like a commentary on black people right but when but when you when you see you know them them sounds awful sorry but when you <laughs> when you see black people in other roles then then they can pivot and and do the other side of that coin the, because the, it's not the only space in which they live thematic the more black actors they have more opportunity yeah. the more opportunities they have to be any character Other, uh, anything any character yeah yeah kathy did you see we, did you see we care a lot the netflix movie about the nursing home people i did not okay but i will say this is i'm a i always say this and i especially say it on twitter because i i don't like when people are like well these groups of people should make only this type of film make whatever film you want to make yeah yeah make whatever you want i don't if you even if you're like the first one to do it of your ethnicity, race, whatever your gender, age, somebody's got to start. Somebody's got to open that door. Somebody's got to show that there's a possibility that someone from that background can make this type of movie. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And Absolutely. and 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 I I hope I pray that we are at a point like who cares as long as the movie is good, yeah. you have a good time watching it. Like, you're not going to be sitting there going like, oh, who made this? Like, you know what I mean? In terms of like, I can't be into this because this person is X, Y, and Z, right? To your point, I think Jordan Peele has kicked that door in. I think given the fact that he has his own production company with Monkey Paw, who produced this, um, I think he has opened that door to give people an opportunity to do exactly what you're saying, is to, if you have a horror movie that you want to make... Jordan Peele has opened that door for other people to take a chance and to, you know, get get that movie made. Um, where in the first one, I think I'm pretty sure Clive Barker. So this is based on on a Clive Barker story. And he was a producer on the first one. But it bears almost no resemblance. Zero to the, resemblance. Because it Clive was, Barker's a wackadoo. Well, and it took place in London, the original oh. story. And so it didn't have any of of, of that backdrop of Cabrini Greens and, and, and all that. And, and so and then. Bernard Rose moved it to America okay. and added those elements and and while there's certainly some missteps I think for its time 92 or 2021 92 yeah. like I think for its time like its its heart was in the right place even yeah. if it didn't always nail it and, I, I think he was making a horror movie yeah. right and I think it's a good it's a good horror movie and Tony Todd has taken like we said taken that character and moved Candyman into the upper echelon of like modern horror icons yeah right like he yeah. Candyman is in the conversation with jason Voorhees and right michael myers and freddy krueger yeah so just like a, a quick rundown of, of that of this one our main character is a, is an artist who found success at one point uh and has he had a moment and that moment is 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 gone gone and he's rapidly losing the heat that that moment generated. correct and yeah. he's he's dating a, a woman who was like an art curator for a very small um art gallery whose boss is named clive and i don't think that's not on purpose (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's a you know and she is constantly trying to give him give her boyfriend the opportunity to get back out there and he just cannot find the inspiration he was a one-hit wonder he was a one-hit wonder and he keeps trying i did think you know we see his his famous painting once and then we see it again like yeah, in the art just, gallery just with different colors yeah he just keeps <laughs> yeah. redoing that over and over again. right yeah. he kind of he has a moment where he starts i think he talk he just talks to 
does he find the I think he finds the legend of Candyman first and then he goes and talks to this older man who I man this guy's there are moments when he's great and then there are other moments where he is he is doing something else (laughs) (laughs) when we get to the end of this movie but there are moments where he's like the you know he's really good and he starts divulging the story this story of candy you know of the 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 most recent iteration of Candyman. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, not to interrupt you. Yeah, it was yeah. her brother. Her brother. Oh, you're totally right. Yes, yes, yes. They're at the. They're her at dinner. And his boyfriend came over to their house. Um, you know, where you know it's dinner or something, something along those lines, right? Yes. And her brother tells because they are living close to Cabrini Green. Right. He then says, "Oh, you know about Candyman," and then he tells them about the story, the, of uh, the, the story, and everything like that. Right. Yes, you're absolutely right. That pivots him, oddly enough, which is crazy, but he does it anyways to want to go down to Cabrini Green and see. If this was true or not, and that's when he runs into um, that's right. Coleman Domingo. He's walking around Cabrini Green, and he sees uh, the 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 kid that we see in the very beginning that Katya had talked about about the Candyman coming through the wall, and then Candyman actually getting beaten and killed by the police department because they're on the the hunt for this. Uh, it's not a serial killer; it's just like the a guy who's putting razor blades in candy, and it's kind of like it become any. Can any unexplained death? Correct. They just chalk up to Candyman. Which I mean, Chicago in the seventies, yeah, makes a lot of sense. So he gets this story. He's go. He's walking through Cabrini Green, and at this point, he gets stung by a bee. Uh, and then it's with that that Yaya's like world starts to unravel, and he starts to unravel. Um, they play. You know, he does the whole Candyman. Uh, well, I guess he does it like a like a an art show that talks about sherman yeah he has an installation and which kind of like mirrors the whole theme like if you look in the mirror and you say same say, yeah like the the yeah, title of the project is called say yeah. my name and we should say and i don't know if we said it uh there is a puppet theme throughout the film which is really well done which that's re- that was really yeah. cool that was really really cool and on to the to the to the texture and the creepiness of the film and that's depicted in the installation, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. So you open it, and it's like you're in. You're transported into Candyman's world, and um, the majority of people are like, "Ooh, this is super dark. This is super creepy." It's one of the things right? that we I hate, and I don't understand about the art world. I say art with like air quotes, like high art. Yeah. yeah. We watched Velvet Buzzsaw, and I was like, "No, oh this- my god, I hate them." I hated the movie, but like I also like I kind of liked the inside look where like that, you know, an art dealer will pay a critic X amount of dollars to be like, that's art. Yeah. And then it blows up. Yeah. You know, like I so I, I kind of enjoyed that aspect, but that was a bad movie. You're right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So the folks inside the the gimmick inside the the art dealer um, do Candyman. Right. The Clive does Candyman with his creepy relationship with his intern and then this, yeah. this high school girl season which is like i don't i don't care about any of these people yeah because they have like in in the original one like i said Candyman starts targeting people that attack that are attacking or involved with helen lyle's life in a in a both positive and negative way where in this one it's just like these are just arbitrary people well i 
Besides, I, I, besides Clive, like Clive, the, the art Cli- dealer makes sense. The art dealer makes sense because also, like, no one care. Like the the take on his new work is that it's derivative and uninspired, and right? Until there's a murder around it, yeah, and then it becomes like, oh, you were very prescient, and like this is now it the murder makes it take on. Uh, and a new an, an new air of authenticity that that they didn't perceive in it previously, right. and obviously nothing's changed about it. But but um, and then that kind of catapults him to success. So I you know like so I I thought that first kill did work in that regard. Yeah, that, that one it's did. like it yeah. it it was catapulting him him back into the spotlight and making that work have uh, a meaning. subtext and meaning that it that it didn't have. Right, the art critic and then the high school girl is like, well, these are stupid. Like, the art critic doesn't make any sense, and then... I mean, the art critic makes sense in in the fact that, like... uh, She was a bitch. She was, (laughs) but... she was awful to him. To Katya's point is, these are people that are making... That are trying to make money off of the plight of Sherman, who was the the candy man in this world. The... um, the Tony Todd version of this character exists sort of, and we finally get, the, the, we'll get to that when they give a breakdown of like the, the urban legend of Candyman. but they're all, they are trying to make money off of this, the death of this innocent man. Yeah. Like, because as we find out that like after the police officers killed Sherman in the seventies, that the can the razor blade candy kept showing up. Right. So, so like, they, the they guy killed the wrong guy. They killed the wrong guy. So our main character starts to crack, which, you know, he, his body, like the, the bee sting is getting gnarlier and gnarlier. Like as the time goes on, he is starting to like have visions of the candy man and see himself as the candy man, um, which is kind you know, it's a nice little throwback to the 92 version where you're just like, is she crazy? Is she not crazy? Yeah. What is, you know, what is reality? What is not reality? And his world starts to implode. Like, his relationship that from the very beginning does seem strained, but only because he is not successful anymore where she is about ready to explode, right? Like yeah. she's about ready in the, in this art world, she's about ready to become this big deal. Uh, and it takes the murder of her boss, but she, al- I was say she also benefits from that, from that murder, Correct. right? Like it's, she's kind of tethered to this gallery and now she's not, and right. it brings her attention in the art world. Yes. And then the, the, the installation that she brought in f- through her boyfriend now is perceived as being really good in a way that it wouldn't have been otherwise. So, so, so she benefits from that. Too. Yes. Big time. Um, and there are moments where he is, you know, he's very manic and he's very happy where he is, you know, poured himself into this uh, art world. And now he's starting to get a little bit darker. Like we, we do see a quick glimpse of Tony Todd when he, he being the our main Yaya is, painting the faces of the previous Candyman, and we see him we see tony todd for him and i was like okay if that's all we see of him i'm fine with like that fan service yeah i was not a fan of what happens at the end of this movie yeah i did not like that at all uh it seemed a little too here like have this you yeah know? It, it, I, when we get to yeah i i question what it was supposed to mean like because I felt like they were setting this guy up to be your new Candyman, yeah, and right, then they right. Sh- and then they show you the old Candyman, and I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute!" <laughs> well, but I don't understand what that means. So it's like, which guy are we getting in the next one? Because yeah. I mean, a horror movie, like they never make a horror movie these days without thinking, like, "Can I make 
10 more of them. Correct. Which which is fine. But so I'm like, so I, I didn't know how to process that. That's fair. Yes. And it was like, I, you know, it's at the end of the remake of Evil Dead, they wanted to bring in Bruce Campbell. Like they wanted to have Bruce Campbell show up at the end and have an interaction with your current character. And thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. Because that would just take it would just take you out of this. I don't even rampage of a movie yeah. is what that was. And then you get a little stinger of him at the very, very end. Right, right. And that's it. Um, I do think that, um, I'm sorry, not to interrupt you, no, but no, I fine. Do think that um, as this stuff is happening, right? His, his boss gets killed, which was kind of fun because he was a jerk. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I did not feel bad for him. Um, it is, it's like you're saying you're painting and I think the bee sting, the more that started to spread, yes. the kookier he got. Yes. Like there is, I did like the scene where he is looking down the hallway, but it's a mirror now and he sees Candyman and his girlfriend is like, what is happening? Right. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, don't he's he's looking at her like, don't you see what I'm seeing? And she of course, she doesn't. Do you know what I mean? She 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 doesn't. And um. So you're starting to get, but I do think we need to talk a little bit about um, Coleman Domingo, who I think is who I adore. And I've had the, the honor of interviewing. He is just as scary because to me, sometimes it's scarier. First of all, I'm like, where, why are you walking through the projects? That are <laughs> That's my number. Like I'm a person who is by nature curious and I ask questions. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you already in a place where you're not supposed to be. Sure. Yeah, we should. Monsters. And then you're having a conversation with somebody who's who's walking through this and it's closed down and it's Coleman has a baritone, beautiful, rich voice, you know, and then he's like, you're looking for Candyman. And I'm like, OK, it's time to go. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's yeah. time to go. I came. I saw. Great. Let, let me let go of this because now it's starting to get like a little weird. Do you think he knew? who he was from jump street or do you think that was something that he that developed over time i feel like once coleman deduced that yaya was there to kind of like um follow this urban legend he was like oh i got my sucker well do you do you i guess my question is do you think that he knew yaya's lineage how about that before i don't want to give that away yet yeah okay i got you yeah um Maybe. Okay. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. But he definitely, he, it wasn't like, hey, how are you? He figured it out why he was there. Sure. And sure. I mean, like, he peeped, in, in, like, in plain English, he peeped game. And he was like, oh, that's my opening I've been waiting for. Yes. You but know, if- and then as they're having a conversation, and then Coleman's character gets fed, like, as Yaya continues to come back and ask him more questions, he's like, oh, this is about to be Dunzo. I have my guy. Do you know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. So it's, um, and it's like, I think for Coleman, what made him eerie, it's like, little, I, was, I said it, I'm like, he has this laugh that he does, which yes. I think is very effective. It's not like, hey, hey, ha, 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 you told a funny joke. It's like, ha, 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 I got you. And it's very like he he does a little thing with um, he's a physical actor by physical. I don't mean like Robin Williams slapstick. I mean, physical that he uses his body effectively, his mannerism to get certain things across that are not on the page. Like he kind of he squinted his eyes. He did that weird deep laugh. 
and was like, okay, this is, this is going to be, I'm reeling this guy in. And I think that's just as, as scary because now you're thinking like, what is this guy about to do? Right, right. And it's not going to end well. Like you just know it's not, it's not going to end well. And um, even like when he was standing there with his hands on his hip, He's got two bags. I'm like, nobody lives here. Yeah. Why do you have two bags? And you have to jump a fence to get to this point. Like, right. Exactly. And I'm like, off. you're here with two bags. Like, that was the first thing that, you know, that, that's a luxury of a screener. And I was like, maybe am I inducing things? Because now I'm caught up in the craziness of this movie, right? And I'm like, no, he has two bags. And and the other thing, too, is I'm looking at Yaya. So you're not going to ask where he came from? Like, were you like that's not a conversation you're having you yeah know he, go, I mean? he goes he falls right into it yeah. as soon as exactly. he gets the first taste of it he's in and he just cannot, he cannot he shake it that him that little bit yeah and it, it it confirmed like his curiosity and i think again because yaya was so fixated like and yaya plays anthony was so fixated about using this to jump start um restart his career He's not having a he's not having a normal thought process that the rest of us would have that are like, we're in this abandoned thing. You have to jump over the fence. And this guy's got two bags. Yeah, right, right. right. But who did you kill? That's that, basically my thought process. That's a, it's a nice parallel to the Helen Lyle character because she's in the same boat that Anthony is in this movie where she's trying to get her career. She's writing this paper, this thesis on urban legends. She's trying to get it off the ground and she's given a piece a piece of this legend and she just goes off the deep end right with this with this whole urban legend and she gets sucked into this world and it becomes a big thing um so i do like that like though it's it is a it is a direct sequel like i mean it, it yeah. I can't you can't get more direct than this totally um but it is also a, a soft reboot because his character arc is very similar to uh helen lyle's yeah. character arc in the first one um, so yeah, so he's starting to get, you know, do a little Jack Torrance action where he's just getting crazier and crazier and more obsessed with this world. Uh, he's seeing like we, like, like Katya said, he's seeing, he's at the, uh, this art dealer who kind of dressed him down and tore him a new asshole basically. Yeah. Uh, she calls him up because of this murder and says, Hey, I'd like to talk to you. So he kind of skips out on this meeting. I think, was it the meet? Is that the dinner that he bails on or is it? Yeah. His mom. He's, yes, he that's right. And I had a feeling when we don't see his mom, and I was like, I wonder, I wonder if they're going to pull this off, and we shall see if they yeah. pull this off. Um, so he skips out on this dinner with his mom to go uh, talk to this art dealer, and she kind of says, she's like, you know, you have done something that I'm intrigued by, yada yada yada. And he was like, I don't like you didn't give a God. about this three days ago why now and she was just like well and you know she's kind of doing it overtly not subtly racist about the way she's talking about his artwork and he she even uses the term you people yeah and he's like what do you mean you people and she's like, like i'm artists, artists. Yeah. <laughs> you know and he's just like all right uh so this is the scene that that kathy was talking about where he's there's a mirror and he's the candy man is in the mirror mimicking everything that anthony is doing and just when you think it couldn't get any crazier of course the art dealer comes out and he was like oh, i gotta go and like goes away this is a pretty ef- effective kill where you don't like the the camera pulls back it's a beautiful shot it's like of, rear window it's exactly rear window 
pulls back on the skyline of Chicago. And when if you don't notice it right away, you don't notice it. But yeah. all of a sudden she's lifted off the air with a hook through the face. But you can't see anything except for the blood smear going across the window. Yeah. Um, then they're at dinner. That's what it is. They're at that big dinner with like the big art dealer. And the news comes in that this woman has died and he bolts. Um, and I think. Oh, OK. So then he's he gets back to the apartment. He has gone full, you know, no TV, no, no beer. Make Jack go, you know, a dull boy. So he's painting. His girlfriend walks in and she freaks out. Right. And he cannot keep it together. He's trying to cover up the artist. And she's like, I want to see. And this is where we start seeing the the candy men of generations yeah which is a which is something that has never been touched on until this movie where there are multiple candy men from different generations of of time and he freaks out and he passes out and he wakes up he's got like glass in his hand and she's gone uh she's the 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 girlfriend goes with her brother and her brother's like you know we get a little bit of a backstory that she's damaged as well it sounds like her dad was an artist. Her dad was an artist who killed himself in front of yeah. her, and so mm-hmm. she's got that past trauma. Right, so now, yeah. he, uh, you know, the, the little dig from the brother where he's just like, you don't have to be involved with every, you know, mentally unstable artist and blah, blah. And she was like, fuck you, buddy. So Anthony goes to the hospital, and he gets checked out, and the nurse is just like, man, I got to tell you, you are messed up. Like, you need to stick around, and we need to get this taken care of. She's like, Why it's did funny. he come in earlier? Because the bee sting went from the hand all the way up. It is now, side. yeah. It yeah. Is, it's yeah. almost like leprosy is like the way I would describe it. The makeup, yep. you know, it's like pock marks and it is gnarly looking all the way coming up his face. Yeah, it's and like he's, it's like his skin is cracking. Yes. Yeah. When you yeah. find out the origin of him, it's interesting because it kind of makes sense when we know where he, where he was at one point as a baby. There's your hint. Yeah. Um. So she's like, "Oh, I found your file real easy." You, the, the nurse is telling Anthony this. Like, you were born here, and he's like, "No, nah, I was born on the south side." And she was like, "No, you yeah. weren't. <laughs> like, yeah. I got your file right here. You're born here." So he has a moment of crisis where he now he doesn't know who he is. His mom has told him these stories before, and he goes to his mom. I don't even. I think that that, that part to me, I was like. I couldn't even tell you what hospital I was born in. St. <laughs> Mary's. If somebody was like, oh, you were born in this other hospital, I wouldn't be like, what? Yeah, my, right. my whole life is a lie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he does. He goes to his mom's. He goes to this door, and the woman opens the door. And I literally said, in the th- I, I sat, I'm sitting in the theater, and I was like, holy. Well, her name's the, in the opening credits. It's the, But it's the same, yes. But it's the same actress from the first movie. Yeah. Who is playing the same character. And I was like, that's brilliant. Like that's that's insanely. I think Halloween Kills is going to do this similar thing where they're bringing back uh, the actress who played um, the little girl. Like she's come. The actual actress is coming okay. back to play the same character, and uh, so I just think that's a nice callback. And we find out that while the the urban legend that has been told about Helen Lyle has grown, like Tom said, into its own legend, where she is the villain of that story, and the mom sits down and she was like that's not true like that's not what happened she say like you disappeared and we thought that it was you we thought that she had taken you um and so back in 1992 in the first movie uh this woman had a baby and helen does cut the head off a rottweiler and the baby goes missing and nobody can find this baby 
So at the end of the movie, they find the baby. She's in this pile. The, the, this baby is in like a, a, what do you call a pyre? Like a funeral pyre. A funeral pyre, yeah. like in the middle of Cabrini Green. They're going to set it on fire to scare away Candyman. So like a bonfire. Basically, it's a massive bonfire. Yeah. And this baby, Anthony, is in the fire. Helen knows where he is. Helen goes into the fire to... How did a baby end up in a bonfire? Candyman put him there. Oh, okay. Like Tony Todd <laughs> kidnapped this baby, blanked okay. it on Helen Lyle. Like, yeah, they, no, yeah. yeah. The first one is kooky. It yeah. is, it is, but it's like it's it's really good. Uh, so Helen, who has been demonized and villainized, goes into the pyre and is burned alive inside this fire, it's trying to save this baby. Gives the baby back to the mom. Flash forward to 20. So it's her redemption. It was her redemption. Yes, exactly. Uh, She and now we find out that Anthony, this character we've been following, there is a line in the first movie where Tony Todd does say, like, I have a job for you or you are now part of me. And then that's the last time. That's the last interaction with this baby. Well, he did have a job. For. Oh, that's nice. Thing. Yes, I mean <laughs> from a, sto- from a storytelling standpoint, <laughs> yeah. not it is, like it's not nice to that baby. No, yeah, but, right, right, know, right. Babies are overrated. They are. Yeah, they, they can be really... cute every once. They have to get past a certain point, yeah. and then they're all right. Then they're they need to get past. Another Nature point. made babies cute for a reason because they need to be because <laughs> yeah, right. they're really needy <laughs> and they want you to just wait on them hand and foot all the and time. Like, and it's like they gotta be cute. Yeah, you don't have a choice. Yeah, otherwise, who would care? Yeah. Uh yeah, so we find out that Anthony is this baby from the first movie, and Helen Lyle wasn't this psychopath. She was this woman who tried to save this baby and did save this baby, and his mom has tried to give him, keep him as far away from the green, Cabrini Green as, as she can to keep him away, and unfortunately, he went back on accident, right. sort of. But he didn't realize the threat level of going back. No, that's true. Yes, no, that's didn't. fair. Yeah, and that's why the Coleman Domingo character, in my assessment, and you guys can tell me if I'm out here on the on the ledge, he's been waiting. Yeah, that's how I took it. He's been waiting. He's that's been, he knew. And, yeah. He knew he's been waiting, and he knew. So when he saw Anthony, who Yaya plays, he was like, finally. Yes. Now, yes. We can, now I can do my cokey portion of this. <laughs> yeah, right, and, right. And, and, and I think... And, and, the, and the actress that plays um, Anthony's mom is Vanessa K. Williams, who, by the way, looks just as good as she did in the original. They needed to do something to age her to make up her look because yeah. she looks just as good as she did in 1992. She, like, if she had been his love interest, I would not have thought twice about yeah, it. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I, uh, no, but... she, looks, she, looks, she looks amazing. And, you know, and he 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 tries to go down that road and she's like, nah, we're not doing that. that I thought I, that <laughs> that sequence reminded me of uh, the scene in Get Out when um, our main character kind of has that interaction with the housekeeper and she starts to break. Yeah. You know, like yeah. she start like the 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 other personality starts to break through and she has that moment. I guess it's when he does he take a picture of her. Something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, yep. they're in the bedroom alone, and, and she's she like, "No, no, 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 yeah, yeah." yeah. So yeah. like that scene with Vanessa K. Williams, where she, like she kind of like smacks her hands, she's like, mm, "No, we're not doing like no, thank you. We I've been down this road before. I'm exactly. not going down it again." I thought it was really effective, and I also think that's why that guy's lurking around Cabrini Greens, right? Waiting he, for somebody. He, to he come knows back. it's only a matter of time before oh, yeah. 
sure. He's drawn he, back yeah, right, he, one way or the other. And he found the sucker in yes. Anthony, who is like obsessed with this. And the more stuff happens, and he's like, okay, we're about to. Yeah, right. This is my time to shine. my time to shine. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, Brianna, that's our that's our other main character. Uh, she starts to like retrace Anthony's steps. Goes, she finds the pen from the laundromat. She goes back to the laundromat, and she's attacked. And we don't. I initially I assumed that it was Anthony, right? And then we find out. That it's not Anthony. It's the it's the guy that it's the young kid from the very beginning of the movie, who is now the owner of the laundromat, and she wakes up in a church, and we see uh, Anthony sitting in a chair. And this is probably the most gnarly scene in the movie, um, where he is Anthony has given himself over one hundred percent to maybe he didn't have much of a choice, but uh, <laughs> he has given over to the Candyman. And he is going to become the new Candyman. Um, our uh, the laundromat dude, uh, William. That's his. William mm-hmm. starts to saw his arm. Yeah. You know, Yaya's arm, but Anthony's arm off. And uh, Brianna has to watch the entire thing. He takes a claw or a hook and shoves it into the stump. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dang, this is like this is Clive Barker. Like yeah. Clive Barker, if you've never seen like Hellraiser or Near Dark or any of his movies, has a very uh, gross. Yeah. And See, like for me, gooey. The, for me, the 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 more the most difficult part to watch was when his fingernail was coming. Oh, out. that's yeah. Like it, it makes me think it, of the Cronenberg's The Fly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, yeah there's a lot of Cronenberg and, 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 and you know horror. what it is. And Yaya is what is he's in like in a trance, right? Yes. yes. And 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 William is like going to work. Like he's like, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, and you're sitting there. You're like, you don't feel this, right? <laughs> And, and and Tiana Parrish who plays Brianna and she's just like, what in the world is happening? Yes. Like, how did we get here? Like, who is this guy? Right. So it's all of those things that I did like that, because, again, I feel like that gave me more anxiety because I'm like, what in the world is happening? Yes. And yes. it's and, and the music is really good in this film, too. Uh, it's a lot of tension. And I don't know about you guys, but I get this thing where I lean forward as if me getting out of my chair is going to change anything, right? I, I lean back. Like, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I lean and, and it's I lean forward and I'm like, what is like this? Now we're getting to the kooky part. Yes. The part probably a lot of people were wanting more of. Yeah. And, I don't even know. And, if, like, it. I think I don't even want more of this. The, I, I think the, the original movie there's only like three, four, four kills total in the entire movie. But what that is built on is your Virginia Madsen is so good in that role where you're just kind of like, is she crazy? Is she not? Cra-? You know, like that is built around the horror is there and Tony Todd is there, but it's not based on the horror where I feel like this is this kind of the same boat and the character stuff is so good. Like your actors is, 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 is so good. You're you're you're. She knows, I, uh, Brianna knows something is wrong, but, you know, in order to say that it's Candyman, it's like her admitting that she's part of the craziness, yes, right? Which we, like, how which do you, we get. How do you, yeah. How do you, like, you just told yourself that your boyfriend is, is going off the rails, right, right? right? Because he's obsessed with something that you told yourself is just an urban legend. It's not real. Why this, that, and the third, right? Yes. 
So but then you're like, I'm going down the rabbit hole with him, yeah, and I'm watching this happen I love to him, him, and I want to help him. And when you're sitting there, you're t- she's tied up. All of this is going on, right? Right. And and William has this all planned out. He's got the hook. He's got the situation. The puppets are going on, and you're just like. And she, she's trying to reach Anthony. And at this particular point, Anthony has left the building. Oh, yeah. He got, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Anthony is gone. The the body's sitting there. But I don't know what Carl did, but Anthony has <laughs> left the building a minute ago. <laughs> so this is, where, like, this is where we get the rundown of the candy men of the generations, where it is Tony Todd is the original one about right. what happened. And then... Every, you know, when there is uh, an atrocity committed against a, a black man, that man or boy uh, takes up the mantle of the candy man and sort of like tries to get not revenge, but like keep that legend alive. So we do get, get the candy men throughout generations. And Sherman, who's the one we see in the beginning of this movie, was the last one. And now we are moving towards uh, this baby, this ba- Anthony, who has fought, not fought, but unknowingly fought against this thing his entire life and now he's kind of it's hereditary oh yeah like the movie yeah right oh yeah sure 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 yes uh so brianna gets free and there's a fight and you know and this whole thing and uh the the laundromat dude uh, calls the cops and says, "I know where you. I know who you're looking for. He's the, you know, he's down here at the in, in the greens, and he's, you know, got a hook on his hand, and he's blah blah." So while they're fighting in the in from like the, I guess they're, I guess they are the like projects. Like I think they end up in like one of the one of the homes, and yeah, I took it took it as he. They was this is all taking place inside, like, right? inside. Yeah, there. I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking this is happening inside the project. Because when she escapes, little bags to use. When, yeah, right, when right, she right. escapes from the church, she ends up in the tunnels under the projects. And then oh, that's pump, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Because yeah. I yeah. was a little confused. I'm like, how did you get but from the, the church to this her And they kind of apprehend her, and so she's like, right. she's yeah. in the car. She's trying to explain, like, dude, there is stuff happening, and you are wasting time. Well, this is they they kill the the cops show up, and they sh- you know she is cradling Anthony, who at this point. Uh, is a is a mess. Yeah, like, he is a mess and not a threat and not a threat. <laughs> like, like right, his hand yeah. his hands are down. He she is cradling his he's, limp body. He's bleeding out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. this cop and you don't see it, which I think is very and it, it's a it's an interesting move where they let she let the director lets you interpret everything, which happens a lot in this movie. Yeah, you don't see a lot of the kills. You just see the aftermath. So yeah. you are left to interpret what is happening, which I think is a smart move. Um. So they take, you know, the the cops take Brianna and put her in the back. They arrest Brianna for whatever reason. Uh, well, I don't know the if they ba- arrested her as much as they took her into custody. I guess that's true. Yeah. And then it was like, you're going to back up our version of the story. Correct. Or we're going to pin it on you. And then she, you know, exactly. this, is a, this is a great scene where she's like, I will tell you, can I see myself in the mirror? And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. I know. Yep. Where, yep. Uh, I know where she's going, yeah. right? So she summons the candy man in the mirror. And of course, uh, yeah, yeah. I like I like the line reading as she summoned Candyman, because Where she gets scared or not as scared. Well, what I liked about it to me is sounded like she was like she was doing it in a way to where the cop could hear it as she's trying to start her story and she's stuck. So she's like, yeah. Candyman, 
Mm-hmm. So Candyman, yeah, like you know, she's doing this yeah, thing of she's not doing the the over dramatic. Yeah, she's not just saying it as like like the girls in the in the in the in the high school bathroom day right. where it was like all holding hands. She's like like she she gets to like the third one before he starts to and the guys like hey, before the doing? cops like what are you doing <laughs> right and, and then now she's only got to get into more right where if she had started with this kind of trance like repetition that's fair it would have. While it might have, on paper, seemed more dramatic, it would have been, I think, less effective. Yeah. You know, because uh, you would question, like, why is the cop letting her do this? Right. You know? And we, we do kind of find out that uh, our the, the laundromat guy's main plan was to bring Candyman back, strike fear into the hearts, uh, or reignite this urban legend, uh, and have the, the white folk that have taken over this the Cabrini Green have them be scared and get out. Right, like that is that is the plan for for what he's doing. Like the episode of the Brady Bunch. Like it just like the they Brady make Bunch. it evil. The sound they think the parents are going to sell the house, <laughs> and so they make it look haunted to try and scare off prospective. Just buyers. like yes, the Brady. Bunch. A little scarier though. Yeah. Yes, but, <laughs> well, you know, and he grew up in the seventies. A, so, a hook will, will scare more people. I yeah. think you're probably right. I think that's a fair statement. I'm just given his age, there's a good chance he has seen this episode of the Brady Bunch. It aired a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she recites the name and all of a sudden Anthony is back and he is smoking these cops like oh I t- just thought you thought he was very attractive he, well he is very attractive <laughs> I gotta tell you he looks I've, very attractive doing it yeah, once him, they fix the skin thing I've seen him like, naked yes. once so, the leprosy you know, goes away when you play yeah. Dr. Manhattan you don't get to wear shorts yeah let's put it that way <laughs> yeah. uh, now, he's, he's in there going to town yes he, he takes all of them out yeah. Uh, and, you know, she has a moment where she gets out of the, you know, like the Candyman has killed all of these police officers uh, and she gets out of the car and she sees him for the first time. And he's covered like chest to, to the top of his head, just bees that's covered in bees, yeah. which is a part of the lore. Uh, and this is the scene where I was like, ah, that was stupid. Like the out of everything we could have done, I did not like. So the bees kind of give way. And we see a de-aged Tony Todd to uh, probably like the 1992 version of Tony right. Todd. But it is his voice. Like, you can't really replicate that voice. Uh, and, you know, gives gives a little bit of a speech. The the speech that uh, we get as, as Candyman is walking around the car is basically the same speech that Tony Todd gives in the first one. But then I was like, then why are we going back to... Like I get fan service right. when done... I think if they wanted to do this, then they should have shown other Candyman. They should have shown him morphing yeah. into different Candyman and then landing on Tony Todd so we can have that moment. And then going and, back. And, the, and because, I, you know, I'm assuming that, like, this whole movie is designed to give us our new Candyman. Yes, that's and, what I would assume yeah, as well. Yeah, and yeah. So, and so, so to end with the old Candyman, while I'm sure the peop- fans of the franchise are like, yeah, I got to see my guy. Right. It's like, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And so I think they should have just had other random actors to kind of be like you know here's the one from the 1950s and then the 1930s and then here's the one from 1880 and then land on tony todd and you get that moment. And now we're back to yeah, yeah and then yeah. when you get this guy in the in Candyman two yeah uh the Candyman can <laughs> farewell to the flash is what no, the original man, part needs to be called the candy you wanted to say this the entire episode and this was your opening yes. right yeah like, i feel it like never pass okay. up an opportunity to make a sammy davis jr reference. Sure. yeah um i think that is a way yeah. to incorporate that and have it make a little bit more sense right but i i do i dig this 
what appears on the surface anyway to be this pivot of like Candyman's going to be this kind of you know vigilante yeah vigilante avenging angel that's going to go around and 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 he's going to right some wrongs yeah yeah like, and that's what he's doing right like he right. kills all the cops that uh you know did some bad stuff right and they kill the the art dealer who was trying to make money off of Sherman's pain and they kill the the other art like the the they kill the girl that was pulling the no, not pulling bullying the other girl do you yeah. know what I mean you, so it's that the, okay, I couldn't the, figure out why they even brought her no, back. They killed her because she was bullying the black girl. I'm so with you. Was yeah. like, okay. Did okay. you want to be funny and summon me? This is what you get in return. I got right. you. I that makes that makes total sense. It just yeah. it just felt unattached from the rest of the that narrative. Whole, yes, he, like he was, that was her punishment. Yeah, uh, but you know he's standing there and he's like, "Tell everyone." Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, "Yeah, but." People already think I'm crazy, so maybe I won't tell <laughs> yeah. everyone. Because that, you know, the whole thing is already like cuckoo. Yes, you know what I mean? Very much so. So, so, um, but I did think. I mean, I like that Todd was in it. I do agree with you guys. It, it could have been a, a, a better, you know, bookend for him. Mm-hmm. But I do get that. I like that that Jordan and Nia understood that it was important to have him in this. Yeah, you know absolutely. I, mean? I, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally you know agree. I mean? I, and 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 again, uh, his voice is so menacing that you know he tells you tell everyone you're going to be like uh huh. You're not going to yep. necessarily really <laughs> respond because you're like I'm. The state of you alone tells me <laughs> this is not a negotiating thing. Yeah, right? yeah, right, right, right. Already is traumatized by all the craziness that just occurred to her. You know, she's trying, she's still kind of like trying to process what just happened. And now you've got the man here and then it all comes in together where she's like, holy crap, he is real. Like it's not, Anthony wasn't crazy. He really is. This is, this is real. And I, I, I feel like what confirms the the pivot aspect is the fact that he doesn't kill her. Doesn't kill her, yes. right? Like, yeah. yeah. He if, wants her to be her. He wants her to be his oracle. For yeah. Lack of Which word. is kind of the like the Virginia Madsen role in that first one is what she is. Like that's what he wants from her. Yeah. And she just won't give in until she has no choice. So that's the, I, I I like that throwback to like that's kind of what we're looking at here. With the you know that she is like his oracle, and, yeah, and to be his oracle. So yeah, I yeah. think it, I, I think it was a successful uh, sequel. I think it was a good yeah. movie. I think the performances were were pretty great. It's it's a it's it's fun to get you know back into the my generation of horror. Like the things are you know we've got a new Halloween movie coming out in October, which I'm super excited about. Uh, so yeah, I think it was a solid. It, it has its issues, but I think overall it's totally worth your time. Can I ask? I mean, all right. I know. I I know. I'm going to be like. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but <laughs> uh, because you know, this has become the new thing where every movie has to be two hours, two hours and a half. Where you're like, Jesus, this could have been told in an hour and thirty. Yeah. Right. I almost feel like if they would have added maybe thirty extra minutes, it would have flushed some of these things that 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 we're talking about out a little bit. Uh, I mean, I appreciate her. Oh, sure, that's sure. That's less than yeah, two it's, hours. It's, this movie's no, only an hour and a half. That's yeah. it. Yeah, you know what I mean? There's a part of me that's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But I do think she could have taken advantage in this particular case because there's so much going on. And if you don't do your due diligence that you may get um, 
you may get lost in some of this. Do you know what I mean? As, do you mean like you, if you don't see the original one? I feel like if you're not paying attention closely that's fair to all the different players, because it goes from slow, 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 and stuff starts happening really, really quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, like, I mean, I saw it as a screener. I didn't see it in a theater. So I had the luxury to kind of like rewind in certain things, mm-hmm. which the average person is not going to be able to do in a theater. So I do think like if she would have maybe used an, another additional 30 minutes, to like you said is the introduction of of Todd's character to flush out like this whole situation with his mother and kind of like stretch that out a little bit and used a little bit more dialogue to 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 bring I don't think it would have taken away from the tension and all that other stuff you know what I mean I could see that maybe throwing maybe an extra 10 minutes of of yeah I was just thinking 10 too I was like I don't know that he had 30 but I think another 10 or 15 could have yeah could have helped it a little bit more yeah um but like i said is i do think like when friends of mine were asking me how gory is it i said it really isn't it's more it's of a really play. not and i'm like it's a play more of your imagination and you're more the person that's going to be adding you know your fright your tension yeah. because it's the possibility of something happening right and and i do think again will open the film up for more people. You know what I mean? Now, again, if you are a person that wants to see more of that other stuff, I don't know if this will, will, will fill your appetite. No, I think, I I think that's okay. I think there are like, like I said earlier in the show, like there are horror movies that are coming out two to three times a week. So there is something for everyone. If you want the gore, there's stuff out there for you. If you want, I, so I think that they, since to your point, since they didn't double down on the gore, you get blood and you get some like gnarly makeup. You get your killings, you get that. And you I think know, the, the, big, like... the big scene is obviously Anthony's arm getting sawn off, yeah. which you see happen. Uh, but I think it does. It it helps keep people in the seats who maybe can't stomach something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I also think. I mean, again, I mean, I wouldn't suggest taking your twelve-year-old to see it i gotta tell you i took a 14 year old there were kids in my theater (laughs) you know what i mean uh you know unless you want to have a different type of conversation (laughs) but i do think uh well listen people weird out there you know but um i think i'm gonna say this uh this movie looks like it's making money it, it, does. Like yeah. to, to, it looks like it's going to hit the 20 million mark for the weekend wow and it's you probably what? what it cost to make yeah yeah which is it's a good sign especially seeing you know the times that we are in Absolutely. and uh the world you know i don't think it's gotten its international release date yet but saying all of this um and i really hate talking box office in these times because it's not a normal climate right, right? and we haven't even had digital release and that stuff i can see them wanting to make a sequel and this oh, is where yeah. i'm like yeah I, I this is me where i'm going like all right don't go back extend the conversation like don't go back and then make some cheapo creepo thing <laughs> that is factory made and just totally. to capitalize on this there's an audience for it i'm like she started a very interesting conversation it's a smart it's horror found, movie yeah. don't don't dumb it down for a sequel just exactly. to have a lot of just kills to make a quick buck yeah yeah I, don't I, turn it into like you said is okay we're just gonna kill people and just kill people and who cares if there's a story or not because people want to see 
I, I think it's all of those things. I think all of us want to see what happens to Brianna. What? How does she process this? How does she come to terms with that? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that's the the direction if they're going to make a sequel that they need to go into. And I also think um, I myself, I like Little Woods, her first film. I'm very intrigued about her as a, as a filmmaker. And I now more can't wait to see what she does with the Marvels. She's currently shooting that in London, she, yeah. which is the, the sequel to, to Captain Marvel. Yes. So yeah. I think, and also she's allegedly, she is, she is the youngest person to direct a film of that magnitude. Good like with her. that That's type awesome. of budget, she's 31. Yeah. We can direct in years is, is super young. Totally. But um, I think the record before that was Ryan Coogler, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think the other thing is, I think we, we are learning. I said to someone this, um, the new directing talent is not coming out of like the studio system. It's coming out of the independent market. Yeah. Yep. We see it with Ryan. We're seeing it with her. Uh, we see it with Zoe. Uh, it goes back to what we said is make the film that you want to make something that speaks to you. And if you make a good film, who cares? If it was made for $900,000, which is what Fruitwell station was made for. Right. Who cares if it's, you know, two people sitting in a cafe, as long as the script is good. If you make a good film and you go to a festival, Sundance, blah, blah, blah. Right. Hollywood will come and find you. They will come and give you an opportunity to make something bigger. You know what I mean? It's up to you to do something with that. But I do find it very interesting that all of these films lately, they're tapping directors who made these first very intimate, very interesting films. Like I'm super curious how what what Chloe's going to do with the externals, because she's a very, in my opinion, very intimate filmmaker. She is very subtle and, and lets kind of like the story drive the film. I think the words it's subtle not, and Marvel don't really go together. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm curious in our indie set of characters, are we going to get her style in there still? You know what I and, mean? Amongst all the... the, totally. the well, and we've talked about this with Marvel films in the past, and I, I think part of what allows that to happen is... The act as I don't feel like the directors on these films, for the most part, are directing the action scenes. Like that's there's like another team that comes in because they're so CGI heavy. Mm-hmm. There's another team that comes in and does the action scenes, and then the the director, air quote seems insulting, but I'm just trying to. But the person who is given the title of director, they shoot the guts of the film, the stuff that goes in between those action scenes. Because if you don't care about the stuff in between, the action is just noise. And and so um, I think that's why you've been seeing this kind of model of like, we'll bring in this person that knows how to how to handle the human element and and we'll 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 make the human element more interesting and then that benefits the action. And you don't have to trust or you don't have to worry about trusting a 31-year-old who's never made a $250 million movie with, you know, how do you have Captain Marvel punch an asteroid in the face? <laughs> like, you know, like, right. that's not going to be in her wheelhouse, but she can make the, the emotional beats leading up to why Captain Marvel punches an asteroid in the face interesting. So you care when it gets to that moment, and you're not just saying, well, this is ridiculous. And so I, I, I think it's smart. We always say that the Marvel's been money-balling it. 
Absolutely. Right? Like yeah. They, yeah. From Absolutely. the beginning, like they, they got Robert Downey Jr. when he was a risky proposition. They brought in John Favreau when he was not an, an A-list director that no, he is now. Yeah, they rehab, you know. Yeah, they rehab Kenneth Branagh for Thor. They were like, you know, oh, it's a poor man Shakespeare, Kenneth Branagh. Like it's, you know, like they they've been doing that from the from the get-go. And and now instead of bringing in maybe established directors who are are at a fallow point in their career or have stalled out up and coming, plateaued, up and coming filmmakers. That they can do up and coming filmmakers or they can, you know, they can trust the, you know, what would go on to be the the highest grossing film of all time <laughs> to two guys that were writers on community like on paper that makes no sense right. none not a lick of sense does that make and yet here we are here we are so well, well I, th- I do think and i think um it's it, it it's also the the point here i think is also really important that you know horror is too often i think horror also gets a bad rap where oh you're preaching not, to the choir it, it's not like they only think of like, you know, Night of the Living Dead or, you know, Attack of Tomatoes. They think of the cheesy stuff. Yeah. They don't talk about that. Um, excuse me. In my opinion, that horror isn't just uh, gore, that it is things like Psycho. It is things mm-hmm. like, you know, Dracula. I grew up with like seeing Christopher Lee and then and, and seeing him in the Lord of the Rings. And I was like, well, we know that's going to be some bad stuff happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, M.O. Do you know what I mean? There's and, a lot of social uh, commentary disguised as horror. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. The, and I also think, you know, I think it's hard to write something that gets people um, where your imagination starts taking off and you become fearful before anything happens. Like as cheesy as the first it was, there's a whole generation, there's a whole class of people of my generation that have never hired a clown for their kids yeah. that's because of this movie you're Absolutely. just like it's not happening i'm not bringing a clown into <laughs> into to my house and as and i've seen this movie a gazillion times i tell you i still get super scared the kid with the little boat and i'm sitting there and i'm going is no one like noticing that the kid like something here like why and i know the answer right but i'm still having a conversation i think it takes a lot of skill to get you to be so uncomfortable that you really are like you're now invested in the film you want to save somebody so i think that's hard to do and i i wish award season would be more respectful of that other than the usual special effects Makeup, yeah. they did, sound, those type of things. They did once when they gave it to Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs is yeah. about it. Yeah, that's so, about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, but it did. But you know what? They wouldn't. They're not going to tell you it's a horror. Oh film. no, right. it's, it's never listed as a horror. Movie. It's positioned yeah, as a thriller. Say, yeah, a drama. It's a thriller. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's how they. That's how they make it. That's how they tell themselves. Yeah, it's they, not. They that. sneak but it I past. Think, yeah. Right. Yeah, but there I do go. think we need to be more respectful. Um. Of that genre, you know, granted, you know, Friday the 13th left us like, you know, when Jason went to New York and I'm like, as, as, bizarre, as bizarre things happen in New York, uh, he stood out. I'm yeah. sorry. Out, you well, know? he was in he was in Vancouver, but, you know, we'll call it New York. Yeah. Exactly. But the point still is, is there's a lot of like what Shredder is doing, uh, what Bloomhouse is doing, where they, they, again, giving opportunities to up and coming uh, directors to to direct horror films, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and we do need to do better. 
you know, and again, I hope this film doing well under these very extenuating circumstances that we're in allows more opportunity for the studios to green light original horror films. Sure. Like, yeah, I sure. like this stuff, but at the same time, we don't need Halloween 800. Uh, I will. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> <laughs> That's his jam. Yeah, but but that is but jam. your larger point stands. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. nice to see. It would be nice to see some new stuff come on the scene. So. Create well, a new boogeyman. Absolutely. You know, a new monster. Lord knows there's plenty of material out there now. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Well, thank you very much for joining us. Before we uh, wrap up, let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. And Kathy, remind everybody where they can find you and all of your stuff. You can find all of my stuff at um, cupofsoulshow.com. And you can follow me personal at Katia, K-A-T-H-I-A underscore Woods. I'm the same person on everything. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and of course, don't forget our Patreon. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, a millionaire forged the fifth ticket. Get ready for a spoiler. Say it twice cause we already warned ya Better watch out, it's gonna ruin the plot Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.